Hello everybody and welcome back to this week's subject. I was asked during the week about relationships and what it was we look for in relationships. And my immediate reaction was, what? Do I look like somebody who's in a relationship? And then I thought about it and technically I am. And I say technically because we're all in a relationship with somebody. In fact, we're all in relationship with everybody. I'll explain that later. But first and foremost, I want to give you a little bit of background. And according to the triangular theory of love, which was developed by some psychologist called um, Robert Steinberg, I believe. And he tried to explain the components of love. Those three components he describes as intimacy, passion and commitment. Intimacy comprising of feelings of attachment, closeness, connectedness and boundedness. Passion comprising of the drive connected to limerence, which is a state of infatuation or obsession with another person that involves an all-consuming passion and sexual attraction. And I'll go into that uh, in a few moments. And the third one, the commitment, which encompasses in the short term the decision to remain with the other person and in the long term a shared achievement and plan made with that other person so they're the three components of love now i want to explain a little bit about the difference between love and limerence and let me give you an education on this one i had to learn this through my research on this when you meet somebody that you feel is the one, then that spark is undeniable. Whenever you are with that person, your stomach is doing spring rolls and your heart is going so fast, it's like a train. You may feel that this person is flawless and is exactly the person you want to be with for the rest of your life. They're perfect. Now, while all this is taking place, I would say that if you stepped back and breathe a little, you might discover that in fact you're not falling in love at all, but you might be delving into limerence. Never heard that word before? No, neither did I. So I had to go and do another bit of research. So let me explain what I discovered. Another way to describe this is being obsessively infatuated with another person. It's a state of infatuation or obsession, and it involves an all-consuming passion, like I said earlier or maybe even intrusive thoughts. Well, according to, now I don't know whether she pronounces this, Kate or Koch McKenzie, who is a psychosexual therapist, you may be experiencing limerence because you are run down or you haven't had enough sleep or that you're lacking serotonin, or even in some cases it could be from a trauma or developmental issue when you were a child. So you fantasize about a person who might be able to save you and you develop those thought patterns into an image of the perfect partner. What may be happening is that you feel like you're on a high. However, what may actually be happening is that you are guarding your own emotions. It feels safe to fantasize about somebody else, especially one that you don't see or meet, because it's more likely nothing will happen or they're out of your reach. Why is this? Because you are not in a grounded place within yourself to be able to receive a real relationship where there are thoughts and fantasies, well, then there's no real threat of intimacy, is there? So what are the difference between love and limerence? Let's take a look at what makes them similar first. 
And before I go any further, if you hear some uh, tweeting in the background, that will be our budgie, Eru. She's decided to stay with me today while I'm recording. So you may hear her in the background um, just joining in the conversation or basically telling me I've talked enough. Now, back to the similarities between love and limerence. Actually, at first glance, they're very similar. But as, and I'm going to call her Kate, um, stated, as you are falling in limerence with somebody, you'd be forgiven for thinking that they are the one. But if you squint hard enough, and limerence looks an awful lot like love. For example, you are drawn to a certain person. If you are in limerence with another person, then it will seem like you're falling in love. However, although the attraction is real, it is really a form of infatuation. This almost reflects the initial period of falling in love where you constantly think about the other person. Okay, so obviously I'm supposed to take a break at this point, so here is some music for you before we go any further.
Okay, so now back to our subject. You know this can happen to anyone at any time. We can never know when we're going to fall in love with someone. And it can happen with the most unlikely of people. Well, limerence is exactly the same. Could be from a plumber, to your landlord, to your boss, to, you know, uh, your man next door, to the person you meet on the train every morning. Okay, so what makes them different? Well, no matter how much you try to make them the same, love requires a genuine, meaningful connection with another person. While limerence is all about the chase and the lust. Now, if you're still unsure about this, try this on for size. If you think the person will complete you, why are you looking for somebody to fix you? When you're in limerence, then the feeling will be that that person that you're infatuated with will complete you or make you whole. Now, this may be a form of trauma bonding as well, where you're seeking to be saved by somebody else that maybe you were looking for during a trauma, somebody to save you. For example, think about a child going missing in a supermarket. The mother is looking for help to find her child, i.e. she's panicking. Whereas the child is looking for someone to help them find their mother because of fear. So regardless of whether or not they are good for you or not, you want them. But when you're in a loving, nurturing relationship, this will always be around respect for each person. Each person will grow with the relationship and not because of it. Having said that, if you are in a limerence relationship, it won't matter whether that person is good for you or not, you will still want them. Even if you have to be the false you to get them, you'll ignore the red flags. However, when you're in a loving relationship, you don't ignore the red flags, but you still like them. And therefore, there's more safety and genuineness exchanged by both sides. You will neglect your own needs for that other person. If you are in the infatuation or limerence place, then you will not look after your own needs and only take care of the other person's. In other words, they're the priority and you come second. In either a friendship or a romantic relationship, connection and real friendship or love must be present so that both parties are looked after. What you're really scared of is real connection. Now the reason for this type of behaviour is possibly because deep down within yourself the infatuated person is so afraid of a genuine connection and may be more comfortable with being distant even from themselves. So are there stages of limerence then? Well of course there are. In fact there are four that I'm aware of and it starts with this. Number one, infatuation. It can also be part of an addictive type of behaviour. Two, then you have crystallisation or manifestation which is where you solidify your idea. You actually begin to believe that the person in question will solve all your problems because they're perfect and you put them on a pedestal. Number three, the next stage is deterioration and of course this speaks for itself and it's where you begin to discover that you can never have that person. Number four, the final stage. This is disappointment because now reality begins to shine a little light in your mind and it becomes more about learning to let go because nothing is going to happen with this person. So you have sadness and loss now taking over. Look, we all know that not every relationship is perfect. That goes without saying. Even those who love each other will argue and maybe even have heated discussions at times. 
also know that these arguments and tensions may be emotionally draining on both sides. But having said that, these types of relationships can have a positive effect on the relationship. Why? Because if you're honest and want to make changes in that relationship, it can give you a chance to stop and consider maybe your approach needs to change within the relationship. Now, please don't get me wrong. If there is consistent conflict in a relationship and neither wants to change, then that relationship has become toxic and that is not the one for you. That type of behavior is a whole different ballgame and that needs some serious handling. Toxic relationships, not good for anybody. So what I'm talking about here is where you have a relationship where you both want to work at your relationship in a very considerate way and in a very respectful way. And what I'm going to give you is a couple of ideas that might help. But please remember that each relationship is different and what works for you may not work for someone else. So just remember honesty and consideration for the other person is essential. So number one, like I've already mentioned, be honest with one another. We know that truth will hurt, but in my opinion, dishonesty will hurt the other person even more. And I realize that trust or even unconditional trust will make us feel safe. So even though trust will be difficult, it is appreciated in the long term. Number two, try being a little bit flexible in the relationship. Relationships aren't about who is right and who's wrong. If it is, then you're in the wrong relationship. Sometimes we can feel that our ideas are better, but try to keep an open mind instead of presuming that your partner should give in. Number three. Now, this one is going to sound a little daft, but try to use humour when you can. Why? Because when we get into a serious argument, the stress and pressure that it can cause is heavy and sometimes extremely unhelpful to both people. And that in itself is putting more uncomfortable feelings on what is already uncomfortable. Sometimes a little humour may help stop the conflict and put a little perspective in place. But please remember, do not use humour where it is not appropriate, i.e., if you seem to be losing an argument, then don't use humour at that point, because that's only being nasty, because you're the one that is feeling uncomfortable. Number four, try to remind yourself that your partner is a good person, and that's why you're with them. Don't assume that they're bad if they do or say something that you disagree with, because if you begin to doubt them, or even if you expect it, then you're setting yourself up for a fall in that relationship, and straight into mistrust. Number five, give over control a little bit. Remember, you're the only one who can control you. Actually, sometimes we think we're always in control, even with our partner or friend. And don't allow our friend or partner to make any decisions because we think we're right. Seriously? If you think you have all the answers, then you're deluding yourself. So let the other person have a stronger role in making decisions. Remember, you're both equals in this relationship. Number six, try supporting one another emotionally. You don't always have to agree with one another all the time. But before you shoot your mouth off in an unsupportive way just because you think they're wrong, try to remember that we all want to be heard. So make some effort to listen, and especially when they're struggling. That means also when you think the problem is of their own making. The phrase I would suggest that you lose from your vocabulary is, I told you so. I told you that would happen. How negative is that? And how controlling is it? Number seven some space or time for yourself even though you might like and love to be around the other person take a little while and a few minutes to yourself every day and allow your friend or partner to do the same 
That means whether you want to meditate, read or do some gardening. You'll be more grateful for the other person when you're rejuvenated and have more energy. Number eight, try practicing a little patience. Asher, don't we all get frustrated with those we love? Be honest. Have you ever heard the expression, I've only got one nerve and you're getting on it? Even if you only think it, it's time you took some time to stop and reflect as to why you're reacting this way. For example, the other person might chew their food and talk at the same time. Or hog the remote control. Never ask you what you want to watch. Number nine, notice the differences and allow them to work for you, not against you. We know that no two people are the same, which actually makes us uniquely the same. You're supposed to complement one another and you need to build on those differences. If you feel that you need to change the other person because they don't measure up to your standards, then you have to ask yourself why. And if it's a romantic relationship, then maybe they're not the right one for you. Number 10. Try spending quality, not quantity, time with each other. In a romantic relationship, we know that long-distance relationships rarely work emotionally. However, some do. So it's not about being apart. It's about when you're together. Is it quality time? So if either of you are feeling insecure about the amount of time you spend together and that it might be affecting your relationship, you need to check the quality rather than the quantity. Number 11. Can you learn to forgive? You must look at the other person and see if what they have done is something you can forgive, even if it is incredibly hurtful. But remember, never force yourself to forgive just to keep the peace. This is not what forgiveness is about. Now, that doesn't mean that you sweep everything under the proverbial carpet, but you must learn to talk to each other and learn what the best way to go forward for both of you is. Finally, number 12. Please, please, I can, cannot stress this enough. Do not compare somebody else to your standard. This is both unnecessary, disrespectful and can be extremely hurtful. For example, in a friendship, never compare the other person to another one of your friends or your partner to an old flame or someone you once dated. So from me, I wish you all wonderful relationships, whether they are romantic or simply good friends or even acquaintances. Because remember one thing, if nothing else, every person that you meet you will have a relationship with, whether that be romantic partner, a friend, a roommate, a shop assistant, your bank manager, your child's school teacher, your bread man, the postman, or just the person you meet on the street as you're walking along. We all share one thing in common, energy. So pass on some positive energy rather than negative energy. Stay safe, stay well, namaste. I'm gonna find me a way to tell the things I know. I'm gonna find me a way to give the love I own. I watch the news every day, but I wanna look away. I'm gonna find me a way I know. I got the drums and the rain. Banging up my heart, I got the drums and the rain Willing me to start, I got the drums and the rain I'll never be the same, I'm gonna find me a way I know
the world's gonna change Please tell me when, my friend I'll pack the dreams that I had And get another plan I'm gonna do what I say And they'll be afraid